0: Hello and welcome back to the External Traffic for Amazon Sellers podcast. My name is Ashley Pierce, and I'm here to help you discover your unfair advantage over the competition. That is, external traffic. In these initial episodes, we've been covering some of the foundational topics and concepts. Not simple, but essential foundations for an understanding of a rounded and effective external traffic strategy for Amazon, and in fact, uh, a future-proof traffic strategy for e-commerce in general. Far too much general advice is provided out there without context in in the traffic space for e-commerce. It makes it very difficult to make strategic decisions about your business without feeling like you're doing a lot of guesswork and probably wasting a lot of money in the process of learning how to do things. So today, we're going to take another leap forward in our grasp of the world of external traffic for Amazon FBA, and we're going to take a look at organic search traffic, what it is, and how does it work for Amazon sellers. So let's get into the episode. I'll start by defining organic search traffic. You'll be most conceptually familiar with Google traffic, or more specifically, I'm talking about the organic results um, in uh, Google i.e., not the paid results or sponsored placements you'll see all over Google and its web properties like YouTube. So, organic search traffic is actually more like earned traffic. You create a web page that's been deemed by Google, the Google algorithm, or or the big algorithm uh, as worthy of ranking in a position that will result in users clicking through to your website. And we're largely obviously there talking about page one. So, when it boils down to things and getting things to rank, yes, there's uh, there's a couple of concepts that, that kind of come around and it comes down to, to content and backlinks are typically the two factors there. And when we say content, actually, if you boil that down to another level, we're actually talking about keywords here, target, targeting very specific keywords and utilising those keywords in very specific ways within your content and also building content structures out. So let's just dive into to types of keywords for a second. Um, and it introduce the idea really of the fact that keywords can be market focused, not just product focused. So you might be selling garlic presses. I love that example all the time. Um, <laughs> and uh, you might be looking for keywords that relate to garlic presses. Um, But in reality, the people who are buying garlic presses are buying all sorts of uh, materials and uh, bits and pieces for their kitchens, for their homes. Um, Maybe they're uh, an an experienced cook or an inexperienced cook, a hobbyist. Um, And and these people um, make up a market. So the market isn't garlic press buyers. The market is at-home cooks, for instance. So you've got to think uh, broader when you're thinking about finding keywords to bring people into um, your your website, your web property. And I am talking here about having obviously a, a web property, um, a website. So instead of bringing them in on one product or, or focusing on one set of product keywords, actually you can think about having uh, more of a broad approach and targeting keywords that that market is looking for. And then when you actually manage to get them onto your website, you give them an ad. Uh, You show them an ad and that could be a product placement ad, so it's actually a review of a product um, that you're selling, maybe your product, Um, or um, you put an actual pop-up or an ad or an an embedded ad within that content that then drives that traffic through to um, a sale of your product on Amazon. Um, And like we say, there is a roadmap there that could get you to the point where that ad is actually redirecting those sales to your own site um, or to the cart process on your website. So yeah, the the concept there is about the fact that it's the market you're looking at, not just the product. But equally, when you are looking at the products um, and you're looking at the market, realistically, you've got to be thinking about the purchase journey. Um, So we're not just looking at the highly purchasing intent keywords um, that uh, you're trying to get, say, an e-commerce product page to rank for because those uh, those Um, Are short tail keywords typically, short tail keywords being very competitive, very difficult to rank for and typically um, take a lot of off page SEO activity, lots of expensive activity to get them to rank for those keywords. So actually focusing on the purchase journey and top and middle of funnel uh, and even uh, later in the the purchase decision making, so uh, best garlic press for Italian garlic. (laughs) <laughs> for instance, would more than likely be very long tail in its keyword uh, in its keyword structure. Um, long tail meaning that it has a small number of searches per month, not the fact that it has a, uh, a, a it's a multi word phrase. For instance, you can get sh- a long tail keywords that are two words, uh, for example. And um, so, yeah, the the idea is that we're also trying to rank not just for a broad array of keywords for the market, but also purchase journey. And purchase intent keywords to to expand the repertoire of keywords that you can you, you can actually target. So, the, and the other thing you've got to kind of uh, consider along this way is that actually, when you look at keywords like this, and you you focus on researching keywords in this way, you actually end up finding more and more keywords appear over time. So, it isn't like there is a limited number of keywords available. This this repertoire of keywords is expanding. Uh, As new products are released, new categories are created and the keywords then uh, evolve around those new trends and categories that emerge as time goes on. Um, The keto diet didn't exist, maybe going down uh, 15 years ago, Uh, but now there's loads of keywords around that, for example. So as we segment and niche down even more um, with, with With every iteration of the consumer cycle, more and more keywords become available to us and and that makes this a really exciting opportunity. So I've said all that about keywords and finding more and more keywords and you might be kind of confused because if you were expecting me to talk about how to get organic traffic to your e-commerce store and make your web page for your uh, chess set Rank at the top of Google, then you might be thinking, "Why do I need more and more keywords? I know what keyword I'm focused on because I want to rank for a chess set." That's where this strategy is quite different. So we're not talking here about um, ranking a small small number of predefined pages. My hundred, my one hundred product pages on my website. We're not actually talking about that here when it comes to utilizing organic search traffic in the the strategy that um, we utilize within our business and and we would uh, utilize with others. Um, What we're talking about is actually the production of volumes of content. So we're actually talking about a publishing model. So we're finding new keywords, we're publishing content to satisfy the search intent of those keywords and then we're publishing it potentially building, uh, doing some some SEO on the top of that. But in most cases, we're focusing on low competition keywords that ultimately can, can rank um, relatively quickly without much work other than just good, solid content. Um, now, that, that puts pressure on us to produce volumes of content um, so that we can get enough volume of people into the funnel because we're talking about um, people who are in the same market but might not specifically be looking for my product right now so we've got to throw a lot of those people into the top of the funnel uh in the um and then utilize tools and mechanisms to capture emails and do lead nurturing and retarget maybe um but that's a, a paid strategy so we'll just park that one for a second um but basically to nurture these people down to a purchase so my conversion rate is is probably likely to be um, a, a little bit lower than literally going after the uh, the short tail keywords but the thing is it it costs a lot of money to go after those short tail keywords so I can accept the lower conversion rate if ultimately I'm bringing people into my funnel at a really really low cost and, and ultimately my cost per sale is low. So other people might turn around and you've, you've heard this term before about um, build it and they will come. And they'll say that, that that doesn't work. You don't just build it and they will come. And this is true. We, we work with a number of um, small businesses as well um, who uh, essentially have built a website and they don't necessarily have a, a content strategy. And they've built the website and then you know, it's kind of like, so when are we going to rank? But well, actually there's a, a lot of activity that you need to put in place there to get to get you to rank. Um, so building it doesn't necessarily mean they will come. However, with this approach to the producing and publishing of volumes of content, actually, you are in a situation where, if you're focusing on uh, low competition enough keywords and structuring your content in a way that is aligned with what the search engines are expecting to see, you can rank rank very quickly, and people will start arriving, will start finding your web pages, will start arriving at your website just because you produce a piece of content. So actually through no further publication and no further distribution, you've literally just published the piece of content, people will start to find you via Google. But the big prerequisite there is the fact that it has to be focused on uh, keywords and and certain types of keywords and long tail in particular. KGR, keyword golden ratio keywords, are also another concept to, to keep in mind there. If you have a Google of that, you'll find Doug Cunnington's Work on that. And there's a free course on KGR Keywords. In fact, I'll link that up in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that, that's we're talking here about um, building out content. and it, as a result, you build it, and they will come. If you're just focused on a small number of pages. Yes, you do have to focus on distribution. And essentially what we're talking about about distribution is link building and building links out in the web that point at that web page to enhance its authority in the eyes of Google to then make you rank uh, higher up on on the search results. But that's not what we're talking about here. Um, If you're ranking specific pages, then yeah, okay, go and spend 25% of the time on content and 75% on distribution um, with the aim of building links. Um, And that's where kind of a word on social media is needed. Um, yes social media can be useful and people will talk about it in the context of SEO from a social signals perspective um, because uh, apparently Google does take into account a social signal um, kind of uh, algorithm if you like um, but in reality um, social media in itself is not a good uh, source of source of traffic and it's a different type of traffic it's not cumulative. Um, So, in terms of comparing it with organic search traffic, the half-life of your post on Instagram, for instance, will be minutes, whereas your post on your website that's built in evergreen content could last three to five years, and then only maybe start to die off. Now... That being said, social media is something that we heavily focus on in certain contexts. So why do we focus on, on social media? And I'll just briefly mention it here because it, it kind of does round off the strategy. I've mentioned link building a couple of times. So yes, we do, but just we do just produce content. But the other side of that is to, to build the authority of your website in the eyes of Google. Um, and sometimes link building, and an amount of link building is required, because if nobody links to your website, then that's a surefire sign to Google that people don't find your site interesting enough to, to link to it. So you're trying to build out that kind of signal to Google that this this site is worthwhile, we're actually a reputable website and therefore give us um, some, some love. Um, so social media for us is a, a mechanism by which we establish collaborations with other people, authentic networking to... Um, build out our uh, repertoire of guest posts that then point back to our website and, and those are real relationships that we're building with collaborators and we utilize multiple we get multiple forms of values out of our collaborations with collaborators so i won't go into too much um, sort of specific detail on that but just a mention on social media you might not be doing social media for the reason you think you're doing it or your competitor might not be doing social media for the think- reason you think they are and that's an important distinction to make so anyway, I've just kind of babbled on there about some social media stuff. So I'm I'm going to get to, to the nuts and bolts. I like doing some cost demonstrations in these episodes because I feel like when you're making strategic business business decisions, you need um, some examples of costs and the expectations in terms of the outcomes and the performance. And what I like to do is try and provide as much background report as possible. So. All of the stuff that I talk about here will be um, noted on the um, the episode show notes on futuristamedia and you'll be able to see the first hand report. So this isn't just my numbers. I'm pulling on numbers that you'll you'll be able to to see um, have come from across the across the web. Um, so it's not just me making things up right here. But I've provided a a makeshift example to, to make my point here about defining the approximate costs of, of organic traffic. So for instance, let's say a million website visitors brought uh, brought in uh, on market-focused topics because we've picked market-focused keywords, but let's just assume that only 20% of those people have some purchase intent as and the same purchase intent level as someone coming from, say, a Facebook ad. This isn't really true, uh, but paid ads need a big head start to even come close to organic traffic. So do you know what? I'm willing to cut it <laughs> down to that 20% and just say, hey, we'll work with those numbers. So we've shown that, um, and through some studies that we've we've done in-house, because again, the, 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 this is a number, unfortunately, you won't find out, they're disclosed across the web, because um, pe- people don't necessarily think about things in this way, um, but this is something that we've had to boil down to understand the strategy a bit further. But basically, when you get above a certain content level on your website, you can expect between one to 2,000 visitors for every 1,000 published words per year. So... To give you that example, so a million visitors, we'd need to publish somewhere between 500,000 and 1 million words of content. And that would deliver some a million visitors in a year. Now, a million visitors isn't actually a, a lot, just to, to put that into context. There there are affiliate websites out there doing a million, over a million visitors a, a month, and they're not even big affiliate sites. So just let's dial this back in like that isn't a huge number, already, but it's a demonstrable number, and it's a nice round number for us to work with. Um, so coming in at somewhere between fifty and uh, fifty thousand and a hundred grand, hundred thousand dollars to publish that level of content, basically. That that's what you could expect to, to spend, um, and and do it properly. So again, you know, people are going, oh, you can get content a lot cheaper than that. Yes, you can. Content is like uh, producing content is like an iceberg. The actual writing is the tip of the iceberg. The work and the effort and the intelligence. And, and some of the significant work that goes on is actually way buried underneath water. I'm not going to go into that in this particular episode, but before anyone jumps on and goes, hey, you are massively overpaying for content, that figure bakes in a whole lot of other stuff that basically results in your, um, your website having content on it, but all of the background work that needs to be done to deliver that content is also baked into that cost. Anyway, so affiliate sites, they typically get around a 10% conversion rate on the visitor's um, ...into buyers. Um, so this is about uh, 20,000 buyers. Um, so that's 2 and a half to $5 per sale... ...if we're being really brutal. And that number will half again... ...when next year you also get another million visitors... ...without buying content again. And if you've done the job right... ...you can bank on that number being cut... ...into a third of the first year number... As you roll into year three, without needing to produce any more content to deliver your million visitors in your third year as well. To be fair, among other circles that I I have conversations in, particularly publishers who monetize with display ads, there's also a strong case for budgeting for content to deliver over a five year period. But hey, do you know what? At eighty cents to a dollar sixty five per sale by the year three mark using organic search traffic, why the hell do we need to squeeze much more out of that system and make it any cheaper? We're, we're kind of really splitting hairs at that point. So let's just assume we're only going to go after the 20% of the the million visitors with Facebook ads as a comparison, so we can get an apples with apples. So let's not say that we're trying going to try and throw a million visitors into the website via Facebook ads. Let's just go with those two hundred thousand. That twenty percent of the million that I was talking about. So as we can maybe be a little bit more direct with our direct marketing with Facebook, maybe. Um, so we're looking to deliver two hundred thousand visitors to a page or a set of pages. Um, overall average cost per click for Facebook ads in two thousand and nineteen was analysed by WordStream at $1.86 across a range of industries, but hey, let's give ads another leg up and take the general retail figure of 70 cents a click. So for 200,000 visitors, we'd need to spend about $140,000 on ads this year, next year and the year after, and take into account the fact that ad costs are increasing by somewhere in the teens percentage per year let's take 15% cost cost increase year-on-year as a benchmark. So in year one, that's $140,000. Year two, $161,000. Year three, $185,000 and some change. So total over the three years is $487,000 that you'd be spending on Facebook ads. And assuming the conversion rate of your ads is equivalent to the 10% I mentioned for the organic traffic, that would deliver about 20,000 sales a year um, or 60,000 sales uh, overall the, over those three years. So that gives you about an $8.10 per sale uh, and, a, and that's a number that's increasing year on year. That's ignoring the fact that if you're spending that cash on ads, you'll need to dedicate a chunk of time to managing, refining, and coming up with the ad content, videos, and all that kind of stuff. And those things aren't cheap. Those things can be as uh, costly as the ads. But the real conversion rate again, as analysed by WordStream for retail, was actually 3.26% for Facebook ads. So it's like a third of what we base that model on. So actually, to get to that 20,000 sales per year that we had achieved via the organic search traffic, you actually need three times the traffic coming from Facebook. So it's not 200,000 people, it's 600,000 people to deliver the same sales. So the cost is actually three times So it's 600,000 times 70 cents per click across three years. With the percentage increase year on year also. So it's not $8.10 per sale, it's over $25 per sale. And where was organic again? It was $2.50 to $5 per sale inside year one, down to 80 cents per sale over three years. So it's not just a little cheaper, it's a completely different world of cost, completely different. And that, that's, it's phenomenal. I won't go back on about, but if you've missed the episode on real cost of paid traffic, paid ads, then you, you need to nip over to that episode as well. You might have just listened to that one. So that might just be reiterating that same concept. But here I've provided that Apple's with Apple's comparison with organic traffic. And organic traffic is just phenomenally cheaper. And that's why affiliates and, and uh, ad revenue publishers um, can make money doing it this way around. And people complicate SEO. People complicate the wrong parts of the strategy, and they get blown away by the technical SEO side of things. Now there are there are publishers and affiliates and people monetizing with display ads that don't sell a product that are, are just nailing this. They got the content production down. They understand how to work with the algorithms, not against them, not gaming them, not having to adjust tactics every two minutes. They literally publish. And the website does its thing and some content will hit the mark, some content won't. And it's not a big deal. That's just the part and parcel of, of how this thing works. But the reality is that people don't appreciate the technical demands of the content structure and the research that are required. And that's where these publishers absolutely wipe the floor with, with people when <laughs> they, they, they're trying to apply this sort of strategy at an e-commerce level. The website isn't actually the difficult bit. The, the the plugins and the technology aren't the difficult bit. After all, it's set up once and you move on. The systematic process of finding low competition keywords, researching the content structure to create a solid content outline, editing and publishing again and again with consistency, following a plan. Do you know what? That is the tough bit. That's the bit that people don't spend enough time on. That's the bit that's the tip of the iceberg bit that people think, no, it's just that. No, there's all of that that technical capability, but also just marrying all of those pieces of the system together uh, so that it all works. So when you do things this way around, the way that that we've been discussing, building out the outlines and, and putting systems in place, you don't do SEO to your website or your business. Your website or business is search engine ready and more importantly, user ready every time you create a new post. And although this is a significant strategy that I'm talking about here, the content publishing and the continuous content publishing, this is only one strategy out of the three that we actually deploy. So this is what we refer to as the "only ads strategy, as when people land on your website to read your search engine optimized content and user optimized content, you get to put your ads in front of them to drive sales for what you want to sell. Whether that's actual ads or built-in product placement within the content, the principle is the same. People are being drawn because you're answering a question, you're answering a search query, and then you're directing them in the flow towards the sale and nurturing them in that process. And there are other off, other organic traffic strategies that we have developed and utilise, and in most part, they all build off the back of this of a solid only ads approach. And that's a, that's a fundamental. So if you're thinking about this, think that this is this is one of the starting points and to to do this this content driven approach. And yes, I've mentioned I've mentioned links, and yes, there are some technical capabilities that come into understanding what links to build, how to build them, uh, and what's optimal, and how to avoid. Um, the the kind of uh, SEO white hatters who are all beat you down and say, oh, you well, know, buying a link is bad. You know, let's not get into that <laughs> in this episode. Fundamentally what we're talking about, or what I mentioned earlier with the uh, social media stuff was about collaborative networking and, and link building through networking. And that's just good quality business uh, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, that's it. It's time to wrap up really. I hope you took something or many things from today's episode uh, and understand actually the difference between uh, the typical strategy uh, that many people will talk about in trying to rank single pages, uh, and, and you understand now the fact that actually the strategy we're talking about here when you're talking about organic search is the continuous publishing of new content to satisfy new keywords and evolving keywords that are being generated and created in the ecosystem that is the search engines uh, and satisfying search intent um, so that seo doesn't really need to be done to your website you you've basically done the search engine approach uh, and delivered something that the search engines want to see so yeah it's been a, a big episode with a lot to take on board so if you want a closer look at the numbers that i've discussed there and um, just head on over to futurestatemedia.com where you can check out the show notes and drop me a comment if you've got any questions that'd be absolutely great Um, But until next time, this has been the External Traffic for Amazon Sellers podcast brought to you by FutureStateMedia.com, the external traffic for Amazon specialists.